And here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Jace Brown, and Dawson Wise joining you on a Thursday night. Great first hour. Uh, plenty to talk about in this next hour as well. We'll talk about Mahomes' superpower that may be unstoppable. And also we'll break down the NBA trade deadline that ended today. Plenty of moves, plenty of guys on the move. We'll break it all down later in the hour. But first, let's hit the phones where we got Joshy Boy on the line. What's up, Joshy? What up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, man. I want to first talk about something. It may be a little touchy subject. You may flush me, you may not. But do you guys remember a few weeks ago when uh, C.J. Stroud and uh, the Texans beat the Browns in the playoffs? Uh, yes, I do remember that. Then later, after the game, in the post game, Stroud thanked Jesus Christ for uh, for uh, playing the game and keeping him safe and all this and that. Yes. Then NBC Sports and the Texans edit that out, that version where he thanked God. What do you guys think about that? Well, you know, the NFL is uh, a – a very popular brand that meets a lot of different um, demographics and people. And I remember when Tim Tebow first came in the league, they were not a big fan of the stuff he did either. Um, and look, I mean, obviously uh, everyone has different views. Do I agree with them um, canceling it out? No. Um, but I, I think it's just more so because of the brand of the NFL um, doesn't want religion to be a, a part of you know uh, th- their product, and I don't think they mean that in a bad light. But they don't want to um, offend or upset some of their fans that are from different demographics or different religions. It's a touchy, touchy subject, um, and, yeah. and obviously, you know, uh, you love C.J. Stroud, you know, in the biggest moment of his career, talking about that. Um, but from a business perspective. I think they want to relieve or leave religion entirely out of it. True. Yeah, I agree with that, guys. And uh, what do you guys think about uh, the game yesterday? Great first half from the balls, but uh, a little shaky second half from them in the last five minutes. Yeah, you know, put up 50 points in the first half, really strong start. You know, Jordan Ganey finished with a season-high 18, really good stuff from him. Came out in that first half uh, right out of the gates with 10 points, was shooting the jeans off of it. That's a way to get, way to get things going at home. Um, yeah. Now, in that second half, things got a little bit tight, but I think something that um, Tennessee um, needs to work on and got a little bit of practice at last night is, all right, the other team um, goes on a run. How do you counter that? And they counted it really well. Ended up winning by 20 points despite LSU cutting it to, what was it, eight at one point in that game. So um, being able to counter a run I think is something Tennessee needs to continue to work on and got a little bit of a practice run at it last night and succeeded. So um, overall a good win. Um, Tennessee, uh, now in Joe Lenardi's eyes, has been moved up to a one seed. And one of the things we've harped on over the last couple weeks is, look, College basketball is very competitive. There are going to be some teams that are top-tier teams that go down on the road. Um, and then you've got to make sure you're handling business at home, and that's exactly what Tennessee did last night and and now has yeah. a shot in a number one seed. And another thing, you guys, William, you've heard it before with uh, Jake show last year. What are the so-called barnstormers, what are they going to say if – Rick does it this year, makes the Final Four, would it be enough for them 
to get off of his back, or do you think they would have to win the whole thing? Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you two answers here. Um, the logical, okay. the logical Tennessee fan would be um, very excited about getting to the Final Four, something Tennessee's never been able to do. Yeah. That is a great yeah, achievement, yeah. and Rick Barnes would deserve credit for that. Now, the other half of the fan base that has um, only a couple brain cells rattling in their head uh, will probably yeah. get mad about it that he didn't win the championship despite making it to the Final Four. There's always going to be people that are upset, no matter how and if Tennessee wins. If Tennessee were to win at all, they'd probably have a problem with how close the game was. You know, uh, so there's yeah. always going to be something people are mad about, and that's just the reality of it. But I think making it to a Final Four would not only show that Rick Barnes can do it um, at, at multiple places, but also can do it at Tennessee, where you know this program was was nowhere near where it is right now ten years ago, and people forget that. People think that Tennessee's just been some great basketball team forever. Keep in mind when Rick Barnes first got here, they were not even having winning seasons. You know, they were yeah. 15 and 17. Um, they weren't even missing the tournament. Exactly. And now you have a coach that consistently puts you in the running each season for an opportunity to win a national championship. And, look, the tournament's a tournament. It, it's the luck of the draw. These games, you can go hot and cold for, um, you know, five minutes and blink your eyes and the game's over. You, you lose your opportunity. Just how it goes. A lot of good teams lose in the tournament. Um, but if, if Rick Barnes is able to do it this year, at least make it to the Final Four, that is a lot of. That's a lot for Tennessee to be proud about, and more than any coach in Tennessee's history can say. Now, is it is it Dawson or Chase? Are you guys a Titans fan, right? I'm not. I, I, I'm not either. I don't really have an okay. allegiance to the NFL. Gotcha. Now, uh, I don't know who interviewed T. Higgins, but he did, basically yeah. came out and said that he would like to play for the Titans, and with me being a Titans fan, that would be a really huge pickup if the Titans picked up T. Higgins. And it makes sense because his old offensive coordinator is now the Titans, Brian Callahan. Yeah, and he's from Oak Ridge. But I'll tell you something else, Joshy. Yeah. There's another team in that same division that might have a run for him, too. Oh, you know who that is? Uh-oh. Uh, well, he uh, played with two of the premier oh, offensive boy. players on that team, Trevor Lawrence mm. and, and ETN, <laughs> and uh, they've got they've got some money available yeah. to go get a wide receiver too. And he he right. talked about the opportunity with playing with them as well. So yeah, we're in uh, we're in really desperate need of a wide receiver to. Yeah, so um, we we could see another battle between the Jaguars and Titans. This one just so happens to be in the off season. Right. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, of course, Joshy. Thanks for calling in, man. Um, wouldn't that be fun? T. Higgins, Trevor Lawrence. Oh my goodness! Just running I, it back. Woo! I, look, I don't look. Let's not even get into it because I'm going to get too excited here. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a team that has been very exciting as of late, and that's the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And as the 49ers uh, get started thinking about how they'll stop the Chiefs, they'll have to contend with a quarterback who broke their hearts four years ago in Miami. Uh, Mahomes wasn't perfect for four, for four quarters against the 49ers um, in, in the Super Bowl matchup four years ago, but he was nearly flawless on the final three drives. The Chiefs scored 21 unanswered in a game that had been dominated by the San Francisco defense, turned into the ultimate example of a lesson too many teams have sadly learned uh, over Patrick Mahomes' career to never count him out. However, in this matchup on Sunday... Uh, Mahomes will not have Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins to throw to, 
Um, but as the great ones do, Mahomes has evolved. He's become ruthless, ruthlessly efficient at reading defenses and quick, quickly taking uh, what they're going to offer. The only quarterback who threw a higher percentage of passes on target this season, other than Mahomes, was Dak Prescott. Um, Mahomes' secret or superpower, I should say, is avoiding sacks. And with fellow escape artist Josh Allen of the Bills as his sole competition, Mahomes' ability to escape takedowns, avoid negative plays, and keep the offense on schedule under pressure is unparalleled. And I think in this matchup, you know, with with a a a, a wide receiver group that has been hot and cold this year, if Mahomes has to get it done, he can get it done with on his with his legs. And it's, it's fair to question, will the 49ers be able to put up enough pressure on Mahomes to, to keep his superpower in check? <laughs> well, I, I thought the Bills were going to be able to, and I think I said that. And then I thought the Ravens were going to be able to, and I think I said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and neither of them have been able to contain him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say I don't know. Uh, they, they have a star-studded defensive front. I mean, we covered that yesterday. Uh, Bosa, Greenlaw, Warner. Uh, Hargrave on the defensive line. They have a group that you theoretically could say would be able to contain Mahomes, uh, but the Ravens do too. Uh, I thought they had a, a, a good front as well that was going to be able to contain Mahomes, and they were not able to. Um, so as long as he keeps proving me wrong, uh, and with the O-line that he has, it's going to be very tough. The risk with dialing up blitzes, which is the opposite of what the Buffalo Bills did, dropping mm-hmm. in coverage the whole night, uh, is that he can get out and extend plays. If you don't keep him in the pocket... I mean, all of a sudden, if you blitz, your receivers are open, then he's, you know, bang, 15 yards downfield. Yeah. He can sling it or tuck it and run. Mm-hmm. Um, so more for me to, to contain him, I think you're just going to want to keep the pocket contained. Yeah. Keep him from extending the play with his legs. I think that's the most dangerous thing he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure is going to be on the secondary to hold the covers long enough so that the, the front can do that, though, so that they can get in the backfield. You know, if they're not holding up long enough to give five seconds for the defense to get there, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to either gash them up the middle or, or just dink and dunk their way to success like they typically mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the pressure rates inside of two and a half seconds in a minute. Yeah, uh, But that's the key. Keep them in the pocket, cover receivers long enough that you can get to them, uh, and keep them from extending plays. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you definitely have the personnel to do it, like you said, but I mean, uh, this is a really nice offensive line that the Chiefs have. They, they don't really give up pressures too much, and uh, even, even when he is pressured, like you said, Mahomes finds a way to get it done, so uh, I, th- I think the big thing here is set an edge uh, and don't let him get around. You got to set uh, a perimeter around that pocket. You got to collapse it from all sides, uh, and even then, it, you still might see some Mahomes magic, kind of like we saw Brock Purdy do uh, against the Lions, where he's just swaddled by two guys, somehow gets out of it, makes a great play. Uh, I, th- I think that can still uh, be an option for Mahomes, but I mean, you really got to limit those opportunities for him. You just got to take him out of the game completely uh, if you if you really want success against this offense. Now, uh, now, as for ideas how to stop it, I think we're going to get into it later. I think I might have an idea, but your options really are limited because you can't drop too many back. You can't put too many up front because uh, they will exploit it. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of facts I dug up earlier while preparing for this segment was Mahomes was pressured more than 71% of the time when he held the ball for more than four seconds, but he was just sacked on just 16.5% of those plays. So he's able to just navigate his way and avoid the pressure and avoid the negative plays. And per NFL Next Gen Stats, his 5% pressure rate on throws within 2.5 seconds in the 2023 regular season was the league's best mark for qualifying starters. The average was 16%. 
He's at 5%. He's incredible at it. And um, I, I think it's, it's just so hard to put pressure on him. But as we talked about yesterday, the 49ers have a star-studded group up front in the box. You've got Bosa. Um, you've got Greenlaw. You've got Fred Warner. All these guys, as you said yesterday, they're game wreckers. They're playmakers. Um, and you know, think of what you will of Chase Young. He's still a guy coming off the edge as well that can that can make some plays too. So they're going to have pressure coming at them. Um, I think they will be able to put the amount of pressure on them. Now, the way they defend it and the way they stop them um, from from winning other ways uh, will be something we'll have to debate here in a second. But um, I think they have the personnel to put enough pressure on them. Yes, is it enough to stop them? I don't know, and we'll try to figure out a way for them to do that. Um, but Mahomes' instincts for when he it wants to scramble is impeccable. You know, he led the league with 14.7 EPA on scrambles this season. He tied for the league with the with 26 first downs on scrambles alongside Lamar Jackson. But Mahomes got there on 51 scramble attempts. Jackson needed 75. So you get Patrick Mahomes in space. He's running, and he's most likely getting 10 yards or a first down, whatever's on the line. Um, and in a game like this, you better bet he's ducking his you know, shoulder into a first down as well. Is Mahomes' ability to successfully scramble too much to guard and doesn't really matter how much pressure the 49ers give. I think it is, and I think that's why teams have just you know resorted to containing rather than we, we're going to we're going to stop him, we're going to lock him down. You mm-hmm. just have to contain, mitigate. You know, do what you can, get stops when you can. It's not often against Mahomes, but do it when you can. Um, you could try to take away the scramble, sit back a little bit, but then all he's going to do is roll out and throw it, and then bang, 15 yards downfield. Uh, you could try to take away the pass, and he's just going to run 15 yards downfield. Um, his legs are his X factor, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's what makes him as dominant as he is because you have to respect that ability. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it makes your coverage basically susceptible to it at all times. If you play zone and sit back, he's going to hit you with either the short route or he's going to run, and he's going to take what you give him. If you play man, he's able to either hit his weapons, which have gotten better, by mm-hmm. the way, a lot yeah. better over the past mm-hmm. several weeks, or again, run. And, and blitzing either way. If he gets out of the pocket, all of a sudden now you've got seven guys up past the line of scrimmage. You're outnumbered in the secondary. He can either run or he can throw it to one of his weapons. So you're 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 basically, you know, you you can't find a way to stop it. You just have to find a way to mitigate it. Yeah, yep. it's it's kind of like crossing your fingers when that stuff kind of happens. It's you know everything goes your way, but I mean th- this guy has been known to do things that you know we haven't seen before at, at in football. So uh, that's something to take into account. Now as for scrambling too much to guard. Uh, yeah, it kind of feels that way. Uh, it almost feels that way. just because he's he's so good at it, it kind of feels like it's something that these teams aren't really factoring in that he can do. It's just the way that he can get out of these horrible situations and make plays uh, is something that we haven't seen before. So, uh, you know, and like you said, Dawson, you bring up that Ravens defense not being able to do it when uh, they've got all their pieces and they were flying around for most of all the most of the year uh, and their inability to contain him. That's something. Uh, uh, to knock on as well, so I mean, uh, if, if if you're going to slow this thing down at all, you've you've got to buy into it. Uh, now you, you might take some uh, some hits in other areas of that defense, but I mean, this is something that should be looked at heavily. Uh, that I don't really think has been looked at very heavily. Yeah, you know, I, I think that his ability is so hard to defend, and and so many teams have a problem with it. But it's almost an extension of the run game as well. 
Um, you know, there can be design situations where you just send the you know send the receivers down the field and open up to where you give Mahomes a one-on-one opportunity if they're in man or in a spy. And most of the times or not, he's able to win those matchups. Um, and he just has such a great pocket awareness. And I think that's one of the best things uh, about him. And since his rookie year, he's continued to get better and better at it. Does a great job reading the pressure, knowing when the pocket is collapsing. Knows when to step up, too. Um, he's a big dude. He's able to avoid sacks on his own. But I think reading the pressure and understanding when the pocket is collapsing, I think, is his best thing. So then that allows him to find his way and find his routes on, on you know his run when he's trying to run out. And that makes it really hard for defenders to stay in front of because um, he gets out of these things. You think you have him covered. And you're like, oh, wait, well, he just ran 15 yards down the field. It's hard to guard. Um, and I, I think it's, in a sense, almost too much to guard. And, and there are ways to stop it. I think what the Chiefs did, as we kind of segue in what the 49ers could do to defend it, um, I'll begin here. I, I think it's what you saw the Chiefs do to the Ravens um, in that AFC championship game, where you have kind of this cage-style rush where you have uh, one guy coming on the right side, one guy coming on the left side, and then two guys kind of in the middle. You're kind of encaging in, in him. Um, that's the only way to really be able to get it done, and you've got to play man coverage. Now, for the 49ers, man coverage is scary. And the reason why the Chiefs were able to win that game against the Ravens is because they were able to win those one-on-one man-to-man matchups. So if the 49ers want to win the game, they've got to win those man-to-man matchups. Um, because I think their number one priority has got to be containing Mahomes. Uh, put the pressure on him. Make it get make him get it out earlier than he wants to. Put him off his you know uh, put him off his record, and um, make him make the plays even harder. You know, rush him and make him make those quick reads. Lamar Jackson was incapable of doing it. I think Patrick Mahomes is better at reading defenses and better at making those quick decisions than Jackson is. But still, if you're putting pressure on him, making him make those decisions early, that gives the 49ers a lot of a lot better chance, in my opinion. You got to play man. You got to win a man-to-man coverage. Yeah, bottle up the run game is my first one. Don't don't mm-hmm. let Pacheco or Edwards Elar get going. Don't make it where you have to respect their running backs. Bottle them up. You know, make sure that the only thing you have to focus on is Mahomes. Uh, so make sure that doesn't get going, or, or else it could be tough. Then you got to respect the run. Mahomes is able to make more plays. Uh, second one for me is play good coverage. Take their top two weapons away. I mean, if, if anything, take away Rice, take away Kelsey, and go from there. We've seen the struggles that Valdez Scantling has had this year. Uh, and I can't I can't remember. I had the name Justin Watson. Justin Watson, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, again, not he's not a Rasheed Rice. He's not a Travis Kelsey. Take those top two guys away and make Mahomes go to other places. Now, he did it against Buffalo yeah. with MVS a little bit, but make him rely on guys he's not used to relying on this year. Um, but play good coverage, like you said, win those battles, but especially win those battles against Rice and Kelsey, uh, and you may have some success. And the last one I have, put pressure on him. It's hard to make Mahomes uncomfortable, but do everything you can. You have game wreckers coming off the front seven for San Francisco that have the ability, even against an elite quarterback, to make a big play. Mm-hmm. If you can make one of those big plays, you could swing this game. Yeah. yeah. If you make two, I think you really swing this game. Yeah. Um, so make him make a rare mistake. You know, getting into where you can make a big play. 
Um, and that's going to come from just putting pressure on him, getting in the backfield and trying to make him uncomfortable. Yeah, first or the most prominent thing for me, like you just said, stop the run, which is something that San Francisco hasn't done this playoffs. I mean, I read something where they're averaging uh, or they're letting up an average of 5.6 yards per carry in these playoffs, which is uh, not something that you'd really expect from this defense uh, and this defensive front at that. So uh, really key in on that. Don't let Pacheco and uh, Edwards-Alaire take over this game uh, and add another uh, lane for that offense to run through. Uh, now, for something as in like how you can stop it, uh, I was reading up a little bit. You might just have to put five guys up front and let that be it for your pass rush. Uh, keep got keep six guys back. Uh, so you know it, it. You get numbers in in the uh, in the secondary, uh, and and you keep those weapons that he does have in check, uh, and including the ones that haven't been so sure-handed this year. So uh, being able to rush five, keep him contained, uh, get a lot of one-on-ones up front. I, th- I think that'll really set them up for success. Uh, but now beyond that, if 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 that doesn't stop Mahomes, uh, you're really getting to the bottom of the barrel. You just got to pick a lane that you want him to run with and got to run with it. It's going to be hard to defend Mahomes regardless Regardless. of what they do. Yeah, Yeah. Um, exactly. It it sure will be interesting. Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, your one-stop destination for quality vehicles at an unbeatable price. Cruise through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today. Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner. And make sure to go to check out The Drive tomorrow live from Volunteer Auto Group from 3 to 6 p.m., 1501 Callahan Drive, online at volauto.com. When we be back, when we come back, I should say when we be back, when we come back. <laughs> sound like me yesterday. I, I know, Business. I know. Business. Yeah, when we come back, we'll talk about the <laughs> NBA trade deadline today. Big day, a lot of moves. We'll break them all down right here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to flash that dazzling smile? Well, look no further than Knoxville Smiles. Our experienced team is here to give you the care and attention you deserve. From routine checkups and cleanings to advanced cosmetic treatments, we've got you covered. Say goodbye to dental worries and hello to a confident, radiant smile. Don't wait any longer. Schedule your appointment today and unlock the power of your smile. Call 865-539-1776 to schedule your appointment today or just visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. 
We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. eBay Motors here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it all at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Items only, exclusions apply. Back here on Overtime on a Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining us. NBA trade deadline was today. Ended at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And this year's edition uh, might be remembered more for what didn't happen in, in, in terms of moves that did not occur. Atlanta Hawks guard DeJounte Murray was a guy that we talked about a couple times last week. Considered to be the top available player with Zach Levine out for the season with a foot injury. He did not get traded. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, who just unveiled uh, Kobe Bryant's first statue, three total. Three of them, yeah. Three total, by the way. Um, eight, 24, and Gigi gets one as well, number oh, two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool touch mm-hmm. for them on um, Kobe Bryant night um, in Los Angeles. But um, back to the other side of the Lakers. Uh, they're ninth in the Western Conference entering the day. They did not make a trade. The Warriors um, did not make a trade either. Um, Thought about it, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, we saw a lot of teams not make trades. We saw a couple teams, however, make some really big trades. And I want to begin with um, the New York Knicks making a splash, acquiring Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Uh, Alec Burks returns to the Knicks after a stint there um, earlier in his career. Two double-digit scores, by the way, um, from the Pistons. And this is a trade that includes uh, Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier and a pick. Um, Actually, we talked about this last week, um, about how the Knicks needed to go get some bench depth, Mm -hmm. um, a couple of veteran guys, and they get just that. Um, How big of a get was this for the Knicks? Oh, this is huge. I mean, this is, is, like I said with the Knicks a minute ago, it makes them a scary team. I mean, they get guys that are going to be good rotation pieces in the playoffs Mm -hmm. when you get into a series that have been there before. Um, they get rid of a couple of guys. I know we, we talked about a little bit that you just weren't going to be using in, in Quentin Grimes and Fournier. Fournier's on the back end of his career. Grimes is just not going to be an option that a playoff team needs. Uh, big splash. I, I I definitely think they won the biggest of anybody today. Yeah. At least that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Especially with their current, uh, I guess you would say, injury report right now. I mean, yeah. Julius Randle's still out. Uh, 
Was and it Anubis now for at least three weeks? Yeah, yeah. from what'd you say? A surgery was it's, it? It's a uh, minor procedure. Yeah, he's getting a, a loose bone fragment. Some yeah. kind of surgery okay. for that. So arm, I mean, so. still, that's that's some extended time out for two of their biggest guys, and getting a piece like Bogdanovich, who's putting up twenty points a game, anyways, is huge. Uh, for, in in just their absence, not uh, not even rolling over into the playoffs just right now. And I mean, they're sitting at third. Uh, or no, they're sitting at fourth uh, in fourth, the Eastern yeah. Conference because mm-hmm. they they passed up uh, the Sixers uh, within the last week or so. So uh, adding that depth just all around and the quality that they got out of that trade, it's really remarkable. I'm really happy for the Knicks here. Yeah, they were a team when we did who needs to make a trade at the deadline. The Knicks were one of mine. Yeah, um, and and Bogdanovich was one of the guys I brought up as well. He's had his best. Um, two-year scoring stint in the NBA in back-to-back seasons. Uh, last year, career-high, 21.6 a game on 42% shooting um, and from the, from the three-point line. Uh, this year, through 28 games, averaging 20.2 um, and shooting 42% from three again. Um, so he's been consistent. He's 34 years old, but he's a guy that has a very high, high volume in Detroit, um, considering how you know, bad they are. Um, but he's a guy that's a valuable, valuable piece mm-hmm. um, come playoff time. Absolutely. And especially with Joel Embiid missing an extended period of time, um, the Knicks have an opportunity now to climb up the, the standings. Um, and, and the Cavs and Knicks are both trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see where they end up. Um, Alex Burks, Burks is another guy as well. Um, it's kind of funny. He played for the Knicks just last season. Yeah. Gets traded to the Detroit Pistons this summer. And now they're like, well, we kind of missed you. Well, let's bring you back in. Um, so he's been averaging 12.6 this year, uh, 43 appearances for the Pistons. Um, another 32-year-old veteran adds a valuable piece in a playoff run. And, and one of my biggest things when I talk about these trades is, look, I know the Kevin Durant trades and – all the big name ones make the splash, uh, you know. Make Sports Center dings on your, you know, X Twitter Bleach Report, you know the the <laughs> the, the little yep. app notification. <laughs> it's great, but I think the most important trades are the ones that add valuable pieces um, to your long term rotation and long term bench, and that's exactly what the Knicks did today. They're my biggest winners of the day, in my opinion. Um, I, I think they needed to go out and make it make a move like that. And that's exactly what they did. Um, another team that made a, a trade that's a contender is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They bring in Gordon Hayward um, and and trade away a couple of younger assets. Trey Mann, who used to play at Florida, we saw him uh, play in Knoxville a couple times. Yep. Um, and then some picks as well. Gordon Hayward, um, not the same player he once was, has battled so many injuries. But again, for a very young group in, in Oklahoma City, they're in need of a veteran and a guy that can play meaningful minutes in a playoff series. That's exactly what Gordon Hayward is, a guy that's been there before, has played in these big games. I really like the move. Yeah, I do too. I don't love giving away Trey Mann in the steal. Um, for yeah. them, a very big upside on, on that kid. But you know, getting a guy that's going to help a young team in a playoff series, this could help the Thunder win an extra series, I, I think. Getting a guy like this that you know, can help the locker room understand, okay, here, here's what's going to be different about the playoffs. Um, and I think it it just adds another another piece to support that supporting cast. It's already been so good for them mm-hmm. uh, behind Shea Gilgis Alexander. Again, it makes them a really exciting team uh, in in a Western Conference that they're starting to trend the right way as well. Yeah, um, and then another one uh, I want to talk about 
P.J. Washington to the Mavericks. Mavericks we talked a little bit about as well. Um, I was looking for them to get Kyle Kuzma, Mm -hmm. but they were in the the market for a four that can defend multiple positions and can score at multiple levels. P.J. Washington does offer that for them. Um, VFL Grant Williams is on the move, uh, along with Seth Curry in a first-round pick to the Hornets. Um, Hornets, in a sense here, I think are kind of unloading um, and taking in some poor contracts and unloading some guys that they don't think are going to um, re-sign long-term. Um, for the Mavericks, I think this is a good move. doesn't necessarily move the needle for me. There's still a lot of things I don't like about that group. Um, but I think this was a nice move for them. P.J. Washington I like a lot. Um, Hornets don't have anything to play for. Take on the Grant Williams contract. I will begin with a Tennessee-oriented question here. Um, is this a little... This is a little bad to see from Grant Williams getting dumped off this early after signing an extension this summer. It's disappointing, uh, but he was not fitting in that rotation. He did not have the production that they needed or that I'm sure he wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, Just was not having the best season. Um, But it it is kind of cool to see him go to Charlotte. It is his hometown NBA Mm -hmm. franchise, so that's going to be cool. I'm sure he'll get a nice welcome in Charlotte um, uh, when he gets to play for them for the first time. So it's cool. And now, again, another team that is young uh, in Charlotte – uh, you know, he can help join that core. So mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a cool opportunity. Maybe not a team ready to win quite yet, but it's a cool opportunity for him. Yeah, very cool opportunity. It, it is kind of sad to see him starting to get a little bit passed around. I mean, this is going to be his uh, third team since I guess you would say like June or July, whenever he got he got dealt to yeah. uh, the Mavericks. Yeah. And you know, uh, he's he's making a big chunk of money. And we saw what he could do up in Boston uh, in in a role where he wasn't. Uh, really a primary scorer, but was big on defense, was very pesky against guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Kevin Durant. Those guys just did not like playing against him because he was just kind of pestering them for the most part. So, uh, But it is a really cool story seeing him go back to Charlotte, uh, get some hometown fans back in there. I, I, th- I think it'll be a cool opportunity for him. Now going back to the Mavericks, they also got Daniel Gafford, a guy that we saw here uh, play a couple times in the SEC coming out of Arkansas. Um, Gafford has been rotting away in Washington for a couple seasons now. He gets an opportunity to put, to be a very big piece for that Mavericks team. They needed some perimeter defense, or excuse me, not perimeter defense, interior defense, especially around the cup. Uh, Daniel Gafford gives you that. So PJ Washington. Daniel Gafford, I think it's a good day for the Mavericks. What do you say? Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, they We said they needed to make a couple of these moves just to get better and maybe not plateau. It felt like they plateaued. Yeah. This group mm-hmm. just was not getting it done. They needed to make a change, shake things up. I think they do that. I don't, again, I don't love what they gave up in, in the uh, the deal for Washington. I don't like giving away Seth Curry. Yeah. Uh, I Obviously, I, yeah, I never like giving away first-round picks. Uh, I feel like a lot of teams – Maybe inflate that a little bit. I've seen my own sons do that a couple times, sure. giving away three yeah. first-round picks yeah. in a trade. Um, so I, I don't love what they gave up, but they got better, and that's what they needed to do. Yeah, they, they got better overall. Like you said, William, they, they get better on the interior side of things, uh, get a little depth behind who is it, Derek Lively down there. Yeah, that's, yes. that's start with them. Get a little depth down there, get a guy uh, in Gafford that's putting up 11 points a game. And P.J. Washington's not doing too bad off the bench either, coming in with about 15 of his own. So uh, scoring-wise, I think it's on a positive side as well as – uh, interior defense. I think it's a net gain, uh, but it feels like uh, they, I guess, gave up a little too much than what I was thinking. So the 76ers are a team we've talked about a, a couple times as well. Um, Joel Embiid out. 
Um, they've got to kind of make a move to stay afloat. Uh, they they trade for Buddy Heald, a guy that can shoot a three ball very very well. Mm-hmm. They lose Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz. He finally, I don't know if you guys remember, last year Furkan Korkmaz uh, requested a trade yes, he from did. the Sixers. So it only took mm-hmm. him a year, uh, but he has been <laughs> he traded. Got it um, the Sixers also uh, give three second round picks to the Pacers as well. Um, so Man. big haul for Buddy Heald. They also bring in Campaign um, via a trade with Milwaukee. Pat Bev, right? Um, yes. Yes. So just before we get into that situation, though, um, Campaign, Buddy Heald, is that moving the needle right now for the for the Sixers? Look, it doesn't replace Joel Embiid. I thought they'd go try to get someone to play down low to replace him. They don't. Um, I still do like the moves. Uh, is it a big needle mover? Not really. I think Heald's a great shooter. And he's going to give them some extra scoring alongside Tyrese Maxey. So I like that. <clears throat> when it comes to Cameron Payne, I know Cameron Payne very well. Got to see him in two different playoff runs. That's a guy that can come off the bench, kind of like Jordan Ganey, and get you a few threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be a spark plug guy. He was a spark plug guy, spark plug guy on that 2021 Suns team. Uh, ended up making some some shots that Suns fans still remember sure, in that playoff yeah. run. So I like the moves. Uh, it does not move the needle in terms of replacing Embiid's production, mm-hmm. but I think it, it makes them better. We said they had to make a move, and they did. It definitely helps short term. I mean, I mean, they're uh, you know they're kind of. What am I trying to say here? They're, are they giving up too much? I mean, yes, I think. So. I, I, I think losing Pat Bev, who's who's a veteran there now, campaign has has his own uh, streak there, but uh, it, it kind of feels like they're giving up a little too much for right now. I, I think short term, I think this is a pretty good uh, deal right here, just because Embiid is out and he gives somebody else uh, to help out Maxi. But long term, I, I don't really like this one. Well, they need shooting, um, and, and they needed just some guys that can can kind of fill the holes right now. Buddy Heald can do that. Um, they also got rid of Daniel Howe, straight him to the Pistons. He's been since um, waived. Uh, now, there are also a couple buyout opportunities that yeah. they wanted to look at as well. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie got traded to the Raptors today. Um, he was waived. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's you know the right guy in, in Philadelphia, but just an example of guys that are out there that can come in um, temporarily and play and make a little bit of an impact. Um, another guy uh, in that campaign deal, Patrick Beverly to the Bucks, and um, when we talked about Adrian Griffin and why he was fired, one of the reasons was because the Bucks feared they were losing their once very strong defense, top-tier defense, now towards the bottom of the league. Uh, a lot of that is in part to losing Drew Holiday, but you want to add some defense, uh, you add Patrick Beverly. <laughs> the, the fun wrinkle in this, however, is the, the two matched up a couple, I think it was in January, and um, Beverly and Damian Lillard went back and forth uh, during the game, and it then rolled over to Twitter like mm-hmm. uh, NBA feuds usually do now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be very interesting to watch them share the court. Damian <laughs> Lillard has already shared, though, um, that you know their personal differences will not let them uh, won't let it get in the way of. Um, hunting for a championship, so that's right. good. Um, but I think Patrick Beverly is a good addition for them, especially with how bad that defense has been, mm-hmm. um, especially around the perimeter. Uh, guys, you, any comments? Uh, no, I, I like this for Milwaukee. Uh, mm-hmm. Campaign is a guy that, again, would have probably helped you in the playoffs, but I think Beverly does the same thing. And for a team, like you said, that struggled with defense, again, you, you want a guy that can give you defense, also can give you that chippy edge that a lot of these mm-hmm. postseason yeah. teams have. That is 100% Patrick Beverly. He means the definition of that uh, over the past few years. So I, I like this a lot for Milwaukee. 
And the biggest Woj bomb of the day was Jaden Springer to the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Springer. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah VFL uh, Jaden Springer, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the world was shocked at that news. Uh, but in all seriousness. I, w- I will say, some Sixers fans on Twitter were really upset about that. Really? Really upset about it. They, they, they thought that they had, uh, you know, just a guy cooking on the bench, uh, wait, waiting to make a splash here soon. But, I mean, with Maxi up front, I didn't think that that was going to happen. But they seemed pretty no. upset. Were they uh, – uh, were the account names uh, Satan Dringer or anything? I uh, don't think so. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> I, 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 there was there was some you know blue check marks in there, or, so, uh, so it's likely to be you know so, some odd ones come in there. But for the most part, they they looked you know. Yeah, so no, real. No, I, I'm not trusting no everything. No strays intended. No strays intended. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Suns. Your your Phoenix Suns, Dawson. Um, they are involved in a three-team mm. trade today with the Grizzlies, my Grizzlies. Um, Royce O'Neal, David Roddy headed to the Suns. Um, three second-round picks and salaries to the Nets. Uh, Yuna Wananambe and Maytu. I can't, I can't even pronounce his first name. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Guy from USC. He hasn't played enough. Uh, guy from USC, Maytu, uh, to the Grizzlies. Um, you were talking about it during the break. Not a big fan of the deal. Uh, please spill. Well, it, it, the more I look at what the plan is after it, the more I become like, okay, this is all right. Uh, I like getting Royce O'Neal. I think that's going to be a great piece uh, if he comes off the bench or if they work him into a rotation thing with Grayson Allen. Uh, maybe that's where they put him. I like it a lot, uh, but not for what they gave up, which is the entire bench pretty much. And, and I, all I've talked about since the Suns, got cheap and traded for Bradley Beal, they had to get cheap on the bench, is that they have no bench. Um, now they now they have nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, after they get Royce O'Neal, they do still have two roster spots. I yes. think that's why they buyout. traded four guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to have two buyout spots. I would love a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie. It's going to depend on how the money works out, but Dinwiddie's one I saw. I saw a couple others as well. Just guys that are going to help you in the playoffs. I mean, those the, especially Beal and Durant, they're, they're getting up there in age, getting at the tail end of their career. They're not going to be able to to sustain it probably for an entire playoff run, but mm-hmm. you, you'll you have rotation guys come in. But, man, for a team with no bench already, trading yeah. away the bench is yeah. not great in my opinion. Well, thinking of the buyout candidates, um, I know Kyle Lowry is getting bought out of Charlotte. I don't think he really does no, too, much. Do now, too much. Now, off the bench, I could see some help. Um, but – uh, Dinwiddie, I think, is your best option. Now, he's going to be the hottest commodity out there. Oh, I, yeah. I know Los Angeles is looking at him. Yep. Dallas is looking at a reunion with him. Um, pretty big fall from grace from him. How about that? I mean, going from a couple of years ago, being one of the main starters for the Nets, now he's you know in the buyout market, You know, not even not even wanting to be on the Raptors. Yeah. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what they do there. Um, for my Grizzlies, and I, I know we're in the state of Tennessee, some Memphis Grizzlies player or uh, Memphis Grizzlies fans may be listening. Um, so I'll explain my take on what the Grizzlies have been doing. Um, Xavier Tillman traded to the Celtics, um, and also the the trade for uh, David Roddy, sending him to Phoenix. Now a couple of weeks ago, I, I guess a week ago, you had the. Um, Stephen Adams trade in exchange for Victor Oladipo and three second-round picks. Oladipo um, has been let go. He's been waived, and I don't know if he waved back or not. Uh, <laughs> but he will be um, looking for a job. Another fall from the grace guy. Wow, injuries can really riddle a, a career. Um, but when I look at the Grizzlies, I, I really like what they've done. Um, 
they're unloading guys they know are not going to be valuable on a championship run going right. forward. Um, I would have loved to see Zaire Williams and Jake LaRavia go as well. Um, those two guys uh, come to the FedEx Forum every night dressed up as NBA players and for somehow and some reason get on the court and play. Um, they don't have any they don't have any future with the Grizzlies either. Would have liked to see them move too. Um, Roddy just never got going. Um, a guy at Colorado State that was a um, had a really good co- collegiate career, never really fit in with the Grizzlies. Um, Xavier Tillman, expiring contract, I understand it. Um, but the big picture is gearing up for the biggest summer the Grizzlies have had in a long time. You're getting rid of all these contracts and guys you're not going to have and don't want to be a part of a championship run, and now you've allowed yourself an opportunity to go sign guys in free agency, and more particularly, um, sign a center in free agency that's going to move the needle uh, going forward. Um, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. Uh, no deal from them today. Um, they finish out their Grammy-induced road trip at four and two. Um, they're back over five hundred for the first time, or two games over five hundred, mm-hmm. I should say, for the first time since December twenty-eighth. They've looked better, um, but no move today. Is that a bad move? For the Lakers, yeah, they didn't do anything. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, well, maybe that move's not going to work, but at least they would have made a move. I'm mm. shocked, honestly, for for a team that feels like had to go get a couple more pieces to get nothing. Uh, as you watch some of your Western Conference contenders go and make a move, I just mm. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't think it's going to work out for them. Yeah, it it feels. I I guess the first thing that popped in my head was uh, the old Philly saying, "Trust the process." Uh, but I mean, I, I'm not sure if I'm one to do so. I mean, you you were thinking, you know, with the ups and downs of D'Angelo Russell, maybe shelling him out uh, for some for some other pieces that could come in and fill in. If not, just making a big splash, uh, getting a guy that's in a win now mode into Jonte Murray. Uh, but neither of them happened. So I mean, uh, you know, we're we're still playing all right right now. Uh, we ended that road trip pretty well with three wins. Uh, not upset about that, but. Uh, to make no moves, uh, you're really putting all your cards on the table. I think it's hard to replicate what they did last year. I mean, last year Correct. was really just incredible. I mean, they they were a team below 500 with Russell Westbrook as their um, you know one of their main shooters on the team for yeah. some reason. They were in trouble. They were able to shell out everyone, bring in a totally new roster, and turn the season around. Um, I think last year what it showed is. This team is capable of making it to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't think they had the pieces last year to be able to defend. Mm-hmm. And I don't still think that, uh, or I, I still do think that, but I think they got better this offseason, adding Gabe Vincent and Torian Prince. Those guys can defend multiple positions as well, and Gabe Vincent last year was great in the finals and in the, in the, in the playoffs. However, the problem is they cannot stay healthy. And I think... The most important part about the Lakers not making a trade today um, was a product of the Celtics game a couple nights ago. LeBron and AD both sit out mm, yeah. in a standalone game nationally televised, and they don't play. It's supposed to be a big downfall spot for the Lakers. Oh, my gosh, the Lakers lose by 25. They need to make a trade. And they ended up winning the game with career or season best from Austin Reeves from the three-point line. Jackson Hayes had 16. D'Angelo Russell had like 14, 13 assists. Mm-hmm. It was a brilliant performance. And I think that was the moment, if they were going to make a trade, it was going to be after a really, really bad loss to the Celtics. And they won the game and convincingly won. 
Um, so I think they're confident in what they have. And I don't think they had the assets to even make a trade with Atlanta if they wanted to. Um, because I know Atlanta wants to move off DeJounte Murray, but there are a lot of teams in the league that could offer a better package than oh, yeah. Jalen yeah. Hutchifino, um, D'Angelo Russell, and a first round pick that yeah. you know won't be available till a you know a current ninth grader is is ready for the draft. Um, so twenty forty, yeah, it, yeah, twenty twenty nine. I think is their first available, which Whoa. is I mean so far in the distance. Um, so I, I'm not disappointed. I understand, but I think they'll be heavy in the in the buyout market mm-hmm. and could very easily uh, bring in another piece. All right, when we come back here on overtime, we'll continue our NBA trade deadline talk. Stay right here on overtime. Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axelogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics. Now is your time. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia. Where your journey begins. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com Get the best for your team delivered right and on time So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father and I started thinking, you know what this isn't my story I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father it's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if, if they can think it, they can do it. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
Back here on Overtime, rounding out a great Thursday night episode, great conversation about the NBA trade deadline. The phones are hot right now, and we got TR on the line. What's up, TR? Hey, hey, good evening, guys. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm doing okay. I appreciate it. Super Bowl week, uh, Super Bowl week, and probably Super Bowl weekend Friday tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, this is the first uh, Super Bowl in a while that I haven't. I'm not taking sides on either team. I may I may be neutral, and I go back to Super Bowl one when Green Bay and uh, was it Kansas City. Uh, Super Bowl one sounds right. Yes, yeah, Green Bay and Kansas City, a thirty-five to seven, I believe. Yeah, Bart Starr and the boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if the if the game was televised by two uh, networks, CBS and NBC, I mean, it was uh, wasn't even called the Super Bowl yet. Yeah, but, it, uh, crazy how times have changed. Right, I was like uh, maybe eight or nine. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, y'all was saying earlier in the show, I believe it was Joshy Boy's call, about like you're defending Barnes saying, well, we're, 10 years ago, do you remember 2014 what we did in 2014? Uh, the basketball team, the uh, balls. I, I, was more, I was more so referring, referring to uh, 2015 when you had a losing record. Oh, okay. But 2014, you're not – Jarnell Stokes and Josh Richardson and McCray. What was McCray's first? What's McCray's Jordan, first? Jordan McCray. And they they, they were great McCray, players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all three went to the NBA. I mean, they all had their. I mean, they. I mean, some of them may be still playing overseas. Or I, where's Josh Richardson now? Is he? He's in Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah, Miami. Miami. Okay, he's still in the league. My bad. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure those guys are still making money, but uh, we, you know, we got that dang uh, bad call against Michigan that was propelled us to the to the Elite Eight. But, anyway, that was uh, Conzo's final year before he stayed ahead of the curve, you know, yeah. he, like he did in California with the Golden Bears. He stayed ahead of the curve and got, and got out there before he was going to get – Ask the question, <laughs> but uh, oh, look, yeah. man, I I like the 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 team Barnes's team, but I don't like I Barnes. I don't know about him, man. He will not wear the color orange. Can you name me another coach? I mean, I'm not asking him every game to put some orange on. I mean, like I, it's Kentucky last year when uh, Euros we featured Euros. Here in uh, Thompson Bowling, you know, he went off for like 17 points, but we still got beat. But that's the only game the coaching staff wore orange, man. I I don't believe they were they've worn orange yet this year. I could be mistaken, but I do not believe it's either smoky gray, black, or that white <laughs> with a speck of orange on it. I mean, I mean, if you want to be here. I mean, put some orange on, I mean, at least every other week. I mean, you give me another coach in the NCAA basketball that does not represent their school colors, you know, periodically. This guy, he never puts orange on. He goes to practice every day with solid black on. I'm over that bull crap. 
Oh, my goodness. A, a fun way to end the hour and end the Thursday night edition. Put on some orange, Rick Barnes. TR needs it. It might be bad luck. Thank you so much for calling in, TR. We appreciate it. We, uh, we will tell Rick Barnes to put on some orange. That's going to finish up a great Thursday night here on Overtime. We'll see you tomorrow. Are you in need of a smile makeover? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa at Knoxville Smiles. And if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add impact.